This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, Chris Paul. The biggest names in sports today are all Chris. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm not a Chris. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is not a Christine. She is a Courtney, Courtney Cronin. We are in for the guys. CP3 has been trying to beat the Warriors, you know, Courtney, over the course of his whole career. Almost. He couldn't beat them many of the times, and now he's going to end up joining them. Traded to Golden State, the breaking news this afternoon. Chris Carlin is the normal host of this show, and he joins us to talk about this, almond ice cream, and many other important topics. Uh, Chris, what was your first thought when you saw that CP3 was going to Golden State? thought it was a hell of a job by the Warriors, to tell you the truth. Uh, and not just to get Chris Paul... Because I think he's limited in what he can do to help them at this point, but the bigger the bigger achievement was to get rid of the Jordan Poole contract. I mean, that was to me that was an absolute mess of a deal that they gave him last year. And you look at the fact that he is going to be making thirty four million dollars all the way through twenty twenty six and twenty seven. You have four more years uh, of that at least at this point, and. I, I'm sorry. They that that was you saw this year. It was an incredibly bad year, and he may bounce back somewhere else. But to get rid of that deal and then take on Paul, who can potentially help you, maybe they just end up buying him out and waving him. I don't know, but I, I'm assuming he's going to play there. And he, if he does, if he stays under this contract, uh, you know that's through the end of next year. It to me, it's a really good trade off for them. Four years, $128 million. That is the extension that the Warriors gave Jordan Poole last year. It was only a couple of days ago that Mike Dunleavy Jr., the GM of the Warriors, said that with the contract extension, they were planning to have him there for at least four more years. Well, three days later, Jordan Poole is now the face of the Washington Wizards. What do you make of the Wizards now? With Tyus Jones, with Jordan Poole, it seems like it's enough to keep them afloat, but... This team is still so far off from being competitive in the Eastern Conference. How do they finally get themselves in play for that? Well, I, in getting rid of um, Beal and Porzingis uh, and getting something for Porzingis at this point, um, first of all, they, you know, they've you know they got to hit the floor as well as uh, avoid the ceiling with the salary cap, and taking on Poole's money uh, will help that. But... What I make of the Wizards is they are now just in full-on rebuild mode. I think they probably look at Poole as a player that is still a good, young, talented player that they can um, develop over the next few years and and see him uh, hopefully turn into the player that the Warriors saw prior to this season. Uh, Having said that, I, I think beyond that, I mean, there's not much there to write home about. They've got some of the first round picks that they've got. I think this is exactly what uh, Dan Winger had in mind when he stepped in and took over, and he's done a good job. He read themselves of what some would argue is the worst contract right now at all, the NBA with Beal, and he now has gotten a player that he thinks can help him, and they got to pay somebody over the next few years. Yeah, that's the new rule in the new CBA is there is such a thing as a salary floor in the NBA. Chris Carlin is with us, and we're filling in on his show. I'm Aaron Goldhammer and Courtney Cronin with you, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We've already seen two really big names in Beal and Chris Paul change teams. 
this offseason. So who's the next big name, Chris, that you think is going to change teams, and where do you think they're going? Are we going to call Zach Levine a big name? They gave him a max, so I would think it falls in there. I guess by definition, purely. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's a good chance he could end up getting traded to the Knicks because, you know, the Knicks have a couple of young players and um, and picks to give to the Bulls, and it would not empty out all of what the Knicks have as opposed to, you know, we always hear about them. Who's the next guy that they're going to go get that's going to be, uh, you know, not happy with his situation it seems like the Levine thing took up a little bit of steam during the season and then is picking it up a little bit afterward. I don't know that Zion's going to get moved here. And that's, to me, what I'm really curious about tonight. If there is the idea that Zion could get moved maybe for the third pick, and if so, if you're Portland and you traded the third pick for Zion Plus, because Woj told us the other day he didn't think Zion alone gets you to that, which is remarkable enough in and of itself. But uh, if you do that, does that then tell Dame Lillard, hey, we are, we are in, and is this enough for you? Is this level of talent enough when you consider that he hasn't played? Um, you know, I, I think that's that's something that, could potentially happen, but I'm not expecting it. And then there's Dame. And I just don't know, guys. Like, the longer this continues to play out, the more confusing it is. Is he legitimately waiting to see what they're going to do with the pick tonight and then make up his mind and then try to move on from there? I don't know. If I were Dame, like, what more do you need to be shown that this is a team headed in another direction than where you want to be? Uh, it feels like he almost doesn't want to be the bad guy in the situation of the city of Portland. And I don't think anybody would even blame him one bit if he wanted to get traded. He said it his entire career he wants to stay in Portland, but he also said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And I can understand that. At his age, 33, playing with a Scoot Henderson who's 19 or Brandon Miller who's 20, those two pieces don't make up a championship-caliber team or a team that's ready to contend so, I mean, like if they stay at number three tonight, if they draft somebody, whether it's one – obviously those two are the names that we've been tracking. Do you think Dame ends up staying there? I kind of feel like right now I, I, I don't have a great feel for it, which means yes. Like, Miami wants him. That's clear. And and they have a couple of things that they can give up to get him. Yeah. But it, it's just – it's all up to Dame. And for whatever reason – it continues to feel like he doesn't want to pull the trigger on something. You know, we can talk about it all we want, but are you ready to move on and do something else? I don't know. I don't know. And and listen, the place that I think would be even better for him would be the Sixers, but I don't know how the Sixers get him right now unless, uh, you know, they have two young guards already with Simons and with Sharp. Do they want Tyrese Maxey, too? Plus, yeah. the Sixers don't have any picks to give. That feels like it would have to be a third team involved in that kind of a trade. Yeah, no doubt. And then you wonder about the Knicks, because they could probably outbid anybody. But with Jalen Brunson already in their backcourt, I mean, I don't know that you want Brunson and Dame together. That seems like kind of an odd fit. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. Uh, Chris Carlin is with us. She is Courtney Cronin. 
Um, what is the biggest draft storyline that's interesting to you, specific to the picks that are coming off the board starting at 8 o'clock? I mean, I, I hate to say it. Right now, the biggest draft storyline is the top three. And um, beyond that, I can't sit here and tell you that I feel like I know a ton of these prospects particularly well. Miller, um, and, and I don't feel like America really knows a lot of these prospects particularly well, as opposed to other drafts. You know, even even a lot of the diehards don't necessarily know these guys um, well. Can could could the average person who's an NBA fan pick Taylor Hendricks out of a lineup? No. no. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. There are individual guys. There is, and Courtney will love this. There is one guy that I really love beyond the top three that I think has a great chance to be a, a really good pro, and that's Jalen Hood Shafino. I, I think he is a terrific point guard slash shooting guard from Indiana. I think he's got a chance to be uh, an excellent pro. Um, but beyond that, I can't sit here and tell you. I mean, I've seen. I mean, Vasquez play a lot at UCLA, uh, but, you know, there, there aren't great storylines beyond that. But the one thing, though, that I am very interested in is Brandon Miller. Because if you look at what happened with Miller down the stretch of the season, he was particularly bad, especially in the tournament. Um, I think we did the math today, and he was something like 13 for his last 62 shooting the ball, yeah, was which terrible. worked out thir- maybe 13 for 67 in his last four games, worked out at like 21%. But I'll say this. I did two of his games this season on ESPN Radio, and they were two games that they lost, and he particularly wasn't very good. But you watch him, and he's one of those guys that even when he's not hitting his shots, you see it. Like, you see where the explosion is. You see him get to the rim. You see him. uh, You understand why the hype is around the guy and what the athleticism translates into. I I think he's got a really good chance to be a good player. So what do you make, then, of the comments uh, that Brandon Miller, he went on a podcast and was talking about his workout with Charlotte and that Michael Jordan apparently told him he was, quote, just a shooter. I think that this plays into the Paul George comment that that was the player he grew up watching because nobody grew up watching Paul George specifically to watch Paul George. I thought that was a little shade there. But we're hearing a lot about what the Charlotte Hornets could do at number two and that it might not be Brandon Miller. Like, How do you see that whole thing playing out when the obvious choice is apparently now not the betting favorite? Yeah, with, with Jordan saying that, don't you feel like that's a Jordan test? You know? Don't you feel like that's that's Michael kind of saying what, how is he how's he going to react to me saying something like that? Probably not going on a podcast talking about it. It's probably not how he would have expected or wanted him to. No, that. and if that's the case, that may be leading Brandon into that third pick as opposed mm-hmm. to the second. Um, yeah, I I could see that a little bit more. The thing about uh, Miller is, I, I guess you have to factor this in too. Obviously, there was a ton of attention around him for the wrong reasons toward the end of the year. How much did that get to him? You know, his first game back, he lit it up. But after that, he wasn't great down the stretch of the season, and the questions were there every single week, every single game. So is it somebody that um, that is not going to handle adversity terribly well or handle pressure terribly well? And it's not just – I mean, I don't want to – 
simplify it and base it on what happened there and the tragedy that it was. Uh, and obviously his role in it was not direct, but at the same time, they evaluate everything in the NBA, and they'll look at everything in trying to figure out this kid. And I'm sure that Michael was trying to, uh, you know, put it in his head. Like, what does Michael want to hear you say if you say something like that to this kid? You want to hear the kid say right back, okay, don't draft me and find out. That, you know, that's what you want to hear. That doesn't sound like where Brandon Miller was on it. Chris, if you were one of the top three picks in this draft, what would you wear? <laughs> Well, clearly, I would go shirtless um, mm-hmm. I, with a with some sort of a jacket, and there would be no shortage of necklaces. Uh, <sighs> like the over-under the eight necklaces. Would you go over? No, I go under. I'm going to keep it tasteful. Okay. We don't need to be gauche. Yes. But um, I, I probably would say, yeah, there's got to be three necklaces there at least. Uh-huh. Uh, they would all be gold. And then, um, or really fake gold in my case. And then uh, the shoes would be, I can guarantee you, they would be some sort of spectacular slipper. They okay. really would. I like it. I would go giant Star of David just right across my chest as the greatest <laughs> Jewish basketball player entering the NBA in world history. There you go. Uh, I know, uh, Chris, that you are opinionated about the commissioner of baseball. I, I appreciate if he's going to come out and say something admit that he do something wrong you know that when he did something wrong but i i don't know that it makes it better that all the astros players got off scot free that now he's come out in time magazine and said you know maybe i shouldn't have granted them immunity during the cheating scandal from the 2017 world series i understand where see, here's the thing where i don't want to knock him too much on it i don't think he was getting the information he needed to get unless he did so where do you win in that situation? Do you expect that you can get enough to be able to punish all of those guys? I don't know if that's true. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the Astros players, in all of the heat they got, mm-hmm. you know, they certainly got, I don't want to say punished, but they certainly caught the attention of everybody. They still get booed to this day. Um, but... I tend to give him a little bit of a break on that particular front because I hate the fact that they cheated, obviously. But otherwise, how was he going to get to the true bottom of the situation? And I would say that the fact that he got all of the evidence that he did and and made it um, the biggest deal that he did would ultimately um, really hopefully keep other people from doing it where he made the big mistake what he could have done was strip the astros of the championship yeah. he, he could have done that and that hunk of metal comment was the one that drove me insane yeah uh, rob manfred does strike me as a guy that when his pr person comes up to him right before and says okay you're gonna get this this and this and this and he's like yeah 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 i get it you know, like he doesn't almost doesn't want to deal with it. And then he ends up saying something that is too many times. He's said things that are clearly regrettable and lacking empathy or understanding of the situation. Draft one more, tonight. Oh, one go, more go thing ahead, here on that. Uh, just to put a bow on the Chris Paul thing. I just want to go back to one thing that Aaron and I were talking about earlier. Cause it, we talked to Amy Lillard. We talked Chris Paul and the rings that they do not have. 
vastly different circumstances. Dame has remained loyal. He's wanted to stay in Portland his entire career. Chris Paul has been traded now six times. Every team he's been on has been one that he went to via a trade. Do you view him as a ring chaser in this? Because it wasn't his intention to join another team. He said that he wanted to stay with the Phoenix Suns and was surprised when he was traded. But do you view him... I don't know, not necessarily in a different light because he doesn't have a ring, and who knows if this Warriors group will be able to get one. But is it? Do we give it a little bit more of a pass because it wasn't his choice to go join those teams? Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. It's almost uh, a little bit different in that you know, did they go to him and say, "Where do you want to get traded?" And then they make something work with Golden State, or do they say, you know, if they had bought him out and he had gone and signed somewhere else, you know, maybe you look at it a little bit more that way. But I, I tend to side there where I give Paul a little bit more of a break. And you know what? Dude has been in the league for as long as he has. He's a great point guard, always has been. The injuries have been a big problem. I don't have a problem with him trying to go find the easy route because he's taken the hard route a few times and it hasn't worked. Yeah, and I I said to Courtney, I thought the over-under if you rerun his career is like a championship and a half or two championships because he maybe should have gone to the Lakers to play with Kobe. They probably would have won one if the commissioner didn't void the trade. And then, you know, he just got injured a couple times at the total wrong time. Uh, And I think he's had a bad luck career sort of in that way. All right, Wembenyama and Scoot, Brandon Miller, draft is tonight. Coverage starts 7 o'clock Eastern, most ESPN radio stations, the ESPN app. Chris, we'll get you out on this. French painter or NBA draft prospect? Are you ready? I'll give you the name. You tell me French painter or NBA draft prospect. Mm. Jacques-Louis David. NBA draft prospect. 1748 French painter. Oh, Muhammad Gouillet. French painter or NBA draft prospect? Can I get that first name again? Muhammad Gouillet. Could you use it in a sentence? Muhammad Gouillet is probably pretty good at painting and basketball. Uh, I'm going to go with the. Uh, NBA draft prospect. That is correct. He went to Washington Mm. State, and he is projected by Jonathan Gavoni to be the 49th pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second (laughs) round of tonight's NBA draft. Appreciate the time, Carlin. We'll talk soon. Uh, Yeah, one last quick question. Uh I'm I'm watching the draft preview show right now. Richard Jefferson has those yellow glasses on, the glasses with the yellow lenses. Yes. How do we feel about those in general? I thought they were supposed to help with the glare. Um, right. If you're outdoors, you know, people wear yellow goggles when they ski to help you know, with the sun and obviously being able to see the snow. I don't know if I like them in indoor look, though. I see them in uh, Rich Kleiman, who is Kevin Durant's partner, wears them all the time indoors. And I'm going to say it. We're trying too hard. Yeah. You kind of look like a Star Trek character or something when you throw those on. You know, yeah. I just I don't know that it's really. I certainly I couldn't pull it off. RJ's a much better looking dude than I am, though. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Thank you for insulting me on your way out the door, Chris. Thanks, guys. <laughs> there he is, Chris Carlin, is the host of Canty and Carlin, the show that you're listening to right now here on ESPN Radio. Up next. Is Damian Lillard the next big name in the NBA to get traded? We'll debate, we'll discuss. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin here, and this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are under two and a half hours away from the Spurs going on the clock in the 2023 NBA draft. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more in short It's a lot of stuff. Bundle today. Go to Progressive.com. That is Progressive.com. Courtney, please don't tell me the Spurs are going to take the full time allotment to select. Have the card ready in San Antonio, and when you go on the clock, turn it in. I know they want to show the highlights. I know they want to break it down with all the analysts, and Jay Billis has to talk about his wingspan and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But this is the most obvious number one pick in the draft in the history of, I think, almost any draft. Fair? But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Dating back to LeBron, like we all knew that he was going to Cleveland, and we knew like a couple months ago that Bryce Young was going to the Carolina Panthers. Panthers don't make that trade to not take a quarterback number one right. overall. Right. And of course, there was some conjecture about like, oh, C.J. Stroud, all this stuff. But they took, I want to say, because there's ten minutes in the first round, they took about nine minutes and fifteen seconds before they turned in the clock, turned in the card. And I remember th- sitting in the Bears media room because I covered the Chicago Bears for ESPN. I was up there for the draft, yeah. thinking to myself, "Good for the Carolina Panthers for not going full ten minutes." I remember just like you know running that back that they didn't go the entire time, but. Yeah. Got, like think about the amount of comparisons, NBA comparisons. The saying like if LeBron and AD and Rudy Gobert had a baby, like this is like all and, the and unicorn, Giannis. all this yeah, stuff with Giannis, right. and I just I can't like oh, like, the, the, like we said it earlier. The bar for Wembenyama is the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, I think at this point he would have a disappointing career. After one is where this draft will get interesting. And the odds and the momentum about what's happening with the second pick in the draft has really changed a lot throughout the course of the day today. Some people were saying Brandon Miller, the wing from Alabama, but now it looks like the Hornets might be leaning towards taking Scoot Henderson from G League Ignite, who a lot of people had projected for a long time as the number two pick in this draft. Courtney, I'll say one of the things that I would be concerned about if I was a Charlotte fan, the idea that they were having meetings today to try to make this decision. I mean, come on. You've had months now, weeks, months, to make a decision. If you're still in meetings talking about what you're going to do with the number two pick in the draft, you're probably on the way to screwing it up. In the idea that Michael Jordan 
former or outgoing Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan somehow has the final say on this? I mean, I get that he's still the owner, but he's transitioning out of that role. So Isn't that a little weird? Totally weird. That's part of the mix here, which might lead you to believe there's some dysfunction behind the scenes. I don't know. I mean, the team has not made the playoffs in a very long time, and they need a running mate for LaMelo Ball. You can't screw this up. But what you can do is is try to expedite this process with all of the, you know, the moving parts that have happened the last couple of days. Go with who you want to go with. And yep. if it's Brandon Miller, go with Brandon Miller. If yep. it's Scoot Henderson, go with Scoot Henderson. Yep. This could also be a smokescreen at this could time. Be. I know that the odds have changed from Caesars on who the number two overall pick could be. And, and Scoot Henderson is the favorite in that spot. Huge now, favorite. Yep. I, that could I, I've seen this happen before though. Don't you remember the Tex- Houston Texans and what they did a couple months ago pulling off the greatest heist at the at the you know second and third pick to get back into the draft but also take CJ Stroud and everybody was thinking, "Oh, they might take a defensive end at right. number 2." Like yeah. they had us all fooled. I don't know they how they threw everybody for a loop. Number 3. Right? Yes. <laughs> but I, it could be some of that here too with the with the Hornets. Sure. sure. I I the one thing I'd look at if I was the Hornets is what's going on in New Orleans. They're, New Orleans used to be the Hornets. This is so complicated and it still <laughs> screws me up. The Hornets are in Charlotte and now New Orleans is the Pelicans. Apparently the Pelicans really, really like Scoot Henderson. I don't know where the Pelicans are on their supposed franchise player, Zion Williamson, who is originally from the Carolinas. And if the Charlotte Hornets want to sort of make a little bit of noise. I mean, it would seem to me that could be a deal that could make sense on both sides. Brian Winhurst, ESPN NBA insider, was on Canty and Carlin yesterday and talked about Zion's availability and what the Pelicans might want back in return. The reason that Zion's name is in the ether right now is because the Pelicans are enamored with Scoot Henderson. And they reached out to both Charlotte and Portland saying, listen, if you're going to trade that pick, let's do some business and we're willing to talk about our entire roster. And so I think there's an important piece of nuance everyone has to regard here. They're not out there saying, okay, Zion is on the trade market. Who wants to make an offer? You know, I mean, and it's great for TV to hear what Stephen A. says about the Knicks trading for Zion. As far as I know, Zion isn't available to the Knicks. (laughs) Zion is available to the Hornets or the Blazers, whoever can get them Scoot Henderson. If you were the Hornets, would you take this risk? Would you bet on Scoot Henderson's future or Zion Williamson's, Courtney? I don't know. When Zion's out there, Aaron, he's one of the best players in the NBA, but he's got enormous concerns around his availability and his health and somebody who has foot injuries. I don't really want to bank my entire, you know, having a high pick like that. You don't want to have a high pick like that. It means that you haven't won a lot of games. Is he the second star next to LaMelo Ball? Maybe. I just, I don't know. That seems like a really weird fit right now. Like uh-huh. Just to like kind of think about that. Yep. Zion has star potential the same way that Brandon Miller has star potential, the same way that Scoot Henderson has star potential. And frankly, I think we might see both of those two players assume that potential yep. far sooner than we've seen Zion Williamson. I'm sorry. It's been three years, and we've only seen a sample size to say, hey, I really like that product. I don't know that you'd want to – hedge your entire future when you can finally get out of your own way now. Michael Jordan's leaving. You know, yeah. they had a sub-400 winning percentage in his, you know, decade-plus being there. Now's not the time to take a gamble on a player who, frankly, is kind of a gamble right now. Yeah, I, I, it's all a gamble. 
the the thing with Zion that scares me the most, though, is it's not just that he's gotten unlucky and had health issues. A lot of these feel self-inflicted, oh. right? That it's <laughs> yes. related to his weight and related to the fact that he doesn't keep himself in very good shape. I mean, when you have a $100 million max contract, like you have a responsibility at the very least to, I don't know, work out. It's why I laugh whenever athletes put workout videos on Instagram and, wow, you've went and lifted weights today. You're making millions of dollars to go lift weights. Like, do you want a cookie? Do you want me to give you a like on the Instagram? Like, Zion, come on. Either he gets that under control or he is teetering, I think, right now, Courtney, on the edge of kind of fallen by the wayside in terms of he's got to play this year. He's got to play 50, 55, 60 games this year to instill confidence in whoever. I think at three, it's the most interesting dynamic of the draft because I don't know what the hell the Blazers are doing. Uh, Are they going to go young? Do they want to build around Dame? Are they going to get veterans or do they want rookies? Apparently, they're not only making a decision about who they would take with the third pick in the draft, which it's not even really a decision because they'll just take the other guy, Scoot or Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. But then what does that mean for Dame Lillard's future? I think is actually the most interesting subplot of the night. It is. And we may not know by the end of the night how this whole thing plays out. Of course, Portland, if they sit at number three, they're going to have a draft pick. Damian Lillard is leaving the ball in Portland's court. So unless there's something that like makes him so irate where he's like, trade me right now, this one might end up playing out a little bit longer, and we don't know. I mean, it'd be, I don't anticipate Zion moving tonight. Could it happen down the line, though, and then try to pair him with Damian Lillard? That could change everything for the trajectory of the Trailblazers. You know, if I was the Blazers, I, I would also be kind of ready to move on from the Dame experience. It's been a great run. You made it all the way to the conference finals, but I don't know that he'll ever be the centerpiece of a championship team and if you really like the young pieces you have, I don't know, maximize his value while you still can, while he's still young and can maybe help somebody else win a championship. It's where I come out on that. If I was the Blazers, I would probably draft the other guy between Scoot and Brandon Miller, and I'd probably try to get a bidding war going between three or four teams. For Damian Lillard's services, I'd be on the phone trying to work it out tonight. Coming up next, Courtney Cronin had a big win last night for a great cause. We'll explain. Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin, the winner on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Oh, I'm calling. Do you? I think I'm calling Ghostbusters. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. Find out where they go this year's NBA draft. Coverage starts 7 o'clock Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on the ESPN app. You have a a story about a raffle thing that we wanted to get to momentarily. You did some giant trip that you won last night. I got to hear about but you also have a story about ghosts that yeah. you wanted to get to. What is, is what's before, going on with you and ghosts? It's before you and I uh, joined up on the Zoom to plan out the show. I was on a podcast and I heard like some like something fell, but it wasn't like a thud. It was kind of more of like a rustle, ruffled thing, rustled noise. And yeah, I looked around after I did the podcast. I got up, I looked at everything. Nothing was out of place. So James Steele is convincing me that I have a ghost in my house. Yeah, definitely a ghost. 
So okay. what do you Probably. like? I have no idea what it was. I don't. And, and you never have had the sense that your place is haunted in the past because I spent the no. night in a hotel in Milwaukee. Do you know the story of the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee? Yeah, the one that's haunted. It, and there's a hotel in Oklahoma City that allegedly at New Orleans there are places all over the place that are supposedly haunted. Yeah, the teams won't stay at the one in in Oklahoma City. I woke up in reason. the middle of the night. I was sleeping alone. I was in bed. I wake up two thirty in the morning. You know how you can sense that somebody is definitely in the room? Oh, yeah. I woke up. I said, like, for sure I could feel a presence of somebody else in the room. I look over and I see somebody's face. I freak out. I turn the light on right next to me. Gone. Wow. I'm telling you. I it's buy scary. it. I believe in it. Uh, what happened last night? You, you're you on your way to where, Courtney? You, you want a trip to Bali? I did. Um, so last night was our foundation event for Jeff Dickerson and Vaughn McClure, two members of the NFL Nation family who passed away uh, within the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff, obviously well-known here at ESPN Radio. So we do this event every year. It's a foundation event that has a silent auction, a live auction, and we raise a lot of money for causes that meant a lot to both of them, which was uh-huh. journalism scholarships, cancer research, mental health, lupus, you name it. And so there's my mom and I were going around looking at the silent auction items are really like really good stuff, like a lot of yeah. sports memorabilia. But then the experiences like there's, you know, four tickets to the final four next year, Sunday at the Masters yeah. and all of these incredible trips. And some of them are a little pretty pricey, like the base sure. p- part that you're starting at uh, the yeah. bid. So yep. but we saw one to Bali that was in a relatively reasonable price range. Yeah, and like let's just put, let's just put, let's just do it. Let's just do the ba- let's base bid. We'll see if we get outbid. We're not going to go crazy on this. Yes. So the thing, the thing closes at nine fifteen, uh-huh. and I look at my phone. Says you've won this trip to Bali. And yes. Let me tell you what this is. It says get getaway to a private villa in Bali. No way. Package a includes private villa. Eight day, seven nights day at eight a private days. villa in Bali for four lucky guests. Two bedrooms with a king bed and in suite bathroom. One hour Swedish massage per person. Daily breakfast for four. Romantic oh. dinner for four on the night of your choice. A private chauffeured guided tour of Bali on the day of your choice. No expiration dates. No blackouts. That was the best part. So yeah. I it'll be my it, my mom's turning seventy five so this is like you know I told him like we're going all in like I'm going to make sure you have an awesome birthday you never know how much longer you're going to have with your family or anybody no that you care doubt about. so we're going good for um, you it'd be my mom my brother and myself and I've got like obviously it's for a fourth I mean a fourth doesn't have to come but. Maybe I'll raffle this off. Like, maybe I'll find someone that uh, I'm not going to do it for, like, a random listener. Maybe I could, you know, this could be my way in with some producers at ESPN Radio. Like, I have a lot of people that are always high up on my list. Maybe Eric Mm. or James Steele. I don't know. Like, you got to do something to... Maybe someone should make make the case. Or maybe you can... Now, I didn't know if you won, like, a raffle, they pull your name out of a thing. But the silent auction is a very specific art form it takes a lot of chutzpah to me to put your name down on that thing and then your heart's probably popping out of your chest waiting with a minute two to go you probably think someone's gonna outbid you and then you've got to make a quick decision whether you want to go ahead and try to outbid them the drama of the whole thing is just spectacular it was a lot of fun and like when i told my mom i was like oh my gosh we won and also so, so you're going on a great trip you're supporting a great cause 
and Jeff Dickerson would have loved the fact that you're going to Bali with your mom. I mean, he there's would have no- thought it is the coolest thing in the world, and I am so excited to get to experience this because I know that I will think of him when I'm over there. Coming up, how does Victor Wembanyama stay grounded with all the hype around him? We discuss Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.